hello, hello. You are listening to Apricity. My name is Sion Camille. I am your host. Apricity means the warmth of the sun in the winter. My hope is that this podcast brings you some warmth, like the sun would on a cold winter day. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different. I was going through my book collection. I donate a few items once a month just to keep my head clear and my room clean. I came across The Bell Jar by Sylvia Plath and flipped through the book and opened an underlined passage that is infamous amongst fans who have read the book. Maybe you've seen an audio of it on TikTok. It's well known as the fig tree analogy. In today's episode, we're going to look at the fig tree analogy, discuss the way it's been interpreted across time, and explore the scary question, what does one do when they have multiple dreams? And before I get into doing all of that, I just want to say I'm not an English literature professor, I'm just a girl who likes to read books. Nothing I say in this episode is factual, it's just my interpretation of the book and different interpretations I've read. It's just my opinion. You may have an entirely different opinion, and I respect that. I hope this just provides a space for reflection and maybe even getting to know yourself on a deeper level or look at your life in a different way. Now that we got that out of the way, let's talk about the bell jar. To give you a backstory on this book and Sylvia Plath, when I was 16, My English professor told the class to never date a girl who likes Sylvia Plath. At the time, I was struggling with pretty bad depression. The next year, I had a different English teacher, and she recommended that I read Sylvia Plath's book, The Bell Jar, given what I was going through. The Bell Jar is an autobiography about Sylvia Plath's life. It tells the story of a woman battling mental illness in the 1950s and also addresses the question of socially acceptable identity. So I read it and understood why my first teacher was afraid of girls who read Sylvia Plath. She wrote about depression and being a woman in a fearless way, the way that would scare certain men. She made me feel understood in a time that I needed to feel seen. I still think of the book today. That's when you know it's a good book, when parts of it live with you. So, what is this fig tree analogy? It goes a little something like this. I saw my life branching out before me like the green fig tree in the story. From the tip of every branch, like a fat purple fig, a wonderful future beckoned and winked. 
One fig was a husband and a happy home and children, and another fig was a famous poet, and another fig was a brilliant professor, and another fig was E.G., the amazing editor, and another fig was Europe and Africa and South America, and another fig was Constantine and Socrates and Attila and a pack of other lovers with queer names and offbeat professions. And another fig was an Olympic lady crew champion. And beyond and above these figs were many more figs I couldn't quite make out. I saw myself sitting in the crotch of this fig tree, starving to death, just because I couldn't make up my mind which of the figs I would choose. I wanted each and every one of them, but choosing one meant losing all the rest. And as I sat there, unable to decide, the figs began to wrinkle and go black, and one by one, they plopped to the ground at my feet. So what does she mean? What is she saying? The fig tree is a symbol of all the life paths facing Esther. One branch is what society expects of her, having husband, children, a happy home. Another one is what she dreams of for herself, being a famous poet, being a brilliant professor. Choosing one path prevents her from having the others, but she doesn't know which is the right one or which fig will be the juiciest. So she sits beneath the fig tree wrapped in indecision. So the figs wrinkle and rot and fall to the ground because she can't decide which path is right for her. She misses out on all of them. There's many ways this analogy has been looked at over time, so let's explore some of them. Some of them may be not quite what you were looking for. I'll give you my takeaway at the end, and I promise it will do what this podcast is supposed to do, give you a little warmth in the winter. The first interpretation I've come across is that many people find their current self colliding with their potential of who they could have been, the life they could have had if they'd done something different. The fig tree gives us an opportunity to see that you can't have it all, that you have to make choices. Another way I've seen this looked at is that you must do things in their time Enjoy the figs in front of you in your life. Often, my mom will tell me to go out and go dancing while I am young because when I'm older, I will wish that I would have done that. Another takeaway is that you need to be mindful with your time and energy. If there's a fig you need to grab, grab it now or else it will wrinkle and rot. Do not wait for someday. Do not wait for when you're ready. The last one I've seen is that you can't let yourself get lost in indecision or you'll have none of the figs. So, in other terms, not making a choice is also making a choice. So those were some kind of hard-hitting views of the fig tree. On the other hand, some see the fig tree as a positive image. 
one showing that life has a limitless possibilities as long as you take advantage of them. I have come to my own conclusion about the fig tree. I remember telling an elder in my yoga teacher training that I was going to teach yoga in college while I was also a film student and I loved baking but deep down was really interested in writing. At the time, I was 20 and had a lot of ambitions that weren't really clear how or when I would get them. And they looked at me puzzled and said, where does teaching yoga fall in with working in film? I knew what they meant. I couldn't have both and be extraordinary in either. Looking back on it, I realized working in film wasn't really my dream. I just liked movies. And maybe I should have majored in writing instead because it would have served me more long-term as someone who wants to write a poetry book and who has only taken two writing classes in her life. In the moment, I was thinking, how the hell am I going to be a mother one day? Write a book, teach yoga, have a nine-to-five in Hollywood, become a naturopath, be a talented artist, and maybe have time to pursue other hobbies like ceramics and running. And that leads us to a scary question that the fig tree analogy poses. What do you do when you have multiple dreams? The good news is this question of where yoga and film fell in with each other didn't stop me from doing both. I pursued a film degree and I taught yoga in college. And being one of those things never took me away from being the other. We are multifaceted creatures. We have the ability to be multiple things at once. We find ourselves by trying a lot of different things. I didn't worry so much about knowing what was next because I didn't. I just reached for the fig in front of me that was the most fat and purple and seemed like it might taste the best given where I was at with my life. I did what any person who feels confused about what is next should do. I tried a bunch of things out because that's the only way that you figure out if you like something. I didn't have all the answers. I didn't know where film and yoga fit in with each other, but they were both a part of me. Although I never really knew what was next, I just kept going. And I think that's all you really can do. I have listened to where my heart tells me to go. And in the times I haven't, it has been abundantly clear to me that I am doing the wrong thing. At the end of my degree, I realized I didn't really want to go into the field I had my degree in, but that didn't stop me from feeling limited to the path I had studied, and there was a part of me that feared living with what-ifs, so I ended up reaching for the fig I thought I was supposed to reach for and it lacked flavor. Your life is too short 
to live in a way that doesn't fulfill your deepest desires. If you're in the place of indecision, grab the ripest, most beautiful fig on that tree, even if it's hard to reach. Make a plan of what's next. Take baby steps to get you towards that. And if this is all really overwhelming and I'm sounding like a girl boss right now, something that helps me is reminding myself one thing at a time. You pick one thing. You follow through on it with your heart. Decide that dream is enough. And don't allow anyone or anything to get in the way of you getting that thing. And if you're like, well, what if that dream is not the right one? What if I pick the wrong dream and then I miss out on the other ones? You can start over or change direction at any point in your life. One of the fallacies of the fig tree is the black and white thinking of it all. You can until it's proven that you can't. I was already planning to do this episode and I was reminded of my stance on the fig tree even more this weekend because I went to the Hammer Museum to see the last day of the Joan Didion exhibit. They had magazines from when she was a fashion writer and screenplays and I've always known her for her memoirs. So it was really cool to see those parts of her career as well. And if someone said to Joan Didion, well, where does being a fashion writer fall in with you writing screenplays and memoirs? And she would have let that get in the way of her doing what she did she wouldn't have had an entire exhibit in a museum dedicated to her she was not someone who limited herself to one path or one thing she is also someone that shows you can be incredibly successful at any point in your life one of my favorite books by her i believe was written when she was in her 60s Someone correct me if I'm wrong on that. That might not be correct, but I know it wasn't early in her life she wrote it. By the way, the Hammer Museum is really beautiful. If you live in Los Angeles, please go check it out. It's free and there's a really cute cafe to get food with people at downstairs. Just a fun thing to do. And if that wasn't enough for you to convince you that the fig tree doesn't have to be this dark thing, I'll share with you an important part of the book following the fig tree analogy that many people forget about. After the fig tree vision, Esther goes and sits down and eats. And she writes, I don't know what I ate, but I felt immensely better after the first mouthful. It occurred to me that my vision of the fig tree and all the fat figs that withered and fell to the earth might have well arisen from the profound void of an empty stomach. She was hungry. And that doesn't take away from the fig tree being a true expression of how she was really feeling, but it is saying that 
it could have partially been a bad case of spiraling thoughts in a bad moment or her being hangry. And we've all been there. You don't know how one thing will work out, so you go down a spiral feeling like nothing will work out. And despite the pain she was feeling, she got back on her feet and did the next thing she needed to do in order to move forward. Even if you're in the crotch of your fig tree fighting your demons, all that you can do to move forward is show compassion to yourself and take things one step at a time. That is all for today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I had so much fun researching and writing it, and you can find me on Instagram at Sion Camille. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know future pod topics you'd like to hear. Let me know if you decide to check out the book. Love your friend, 